What's up? Sounds about right. <laughs> we gotta get a theme song too. We do. In the interim. <laughs> We're back again. Feminism part two tonight. I'm excited to chat about this. Are we doing some current events, friends? Yeah, I'm down. You want an intro? Intro yourself? Yeah. I'm Elise <laughs> Michelle. Uh, I should I should get better at doing this. Um, educator, speaker, and creative. Those are my three descriptors. I'm Ari, Ari Alex. I'm um, I'm just here for the fight, y'all. Tonight <laughs> I'm just here for the fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jess, man, and I am an educator and a community engagement professional, so. Love it. We love to hear it, see it. I gotta try to get an angle <laughs> in these glasses, man. I need to get contacts in the interim too. So much to do in, the, in my <laughs> Yeah, the December list is growing. So. Oh man. But the reading though, but the reading, can't wait. Our, our main guy, 44, dropped <laughs> his memoir today. I'm really excited about reading that because, you know, I just missed, I miss him so much from a deep place. And I'm sure after reading Michelle's, his is going to be just brilliant. So are either of you going to dive into that? Oh yeah, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Sweet. He's just one of those faces. You just... You know that emoji with the hearts around it, like three hearts around. <laughs> yes, he's yes. just one of those. He's yeah. so, oh man. He became that person very quickly. You know, just lovable, and you feel like he was your friend, and you knew him. The dog, even the dog. I don't even like dogs that much, but even the- I even loved Bo. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's the <laughs> only dog's name I know. <laughs> Bo. 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 Did you see Michelle? Obama? Actually, to the point that I think I said they named <laughs> Joe Biden named his dog Bo, but he didn't. That was Obama's dog, huh? Yes. I thought that he named, that was Joe Biden's son. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I mess. I mess. Bows. I am. Two, bows. <laughs> Two very important bows. <laughs> Uh, did you see Michelle Obama's caption to 45? Oh my God. That was powerful. Very. Read it to us. Okay. Let me, let me, let me get the receipts real quick and quick. Yeah. Get them receipts. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's hear about it. She just handed it to him, um, in a masterful way. In the most Michelle, yeah. In the most Michelle Obama way. Love it. It, I mean, people that I've never seen uh, Instagram about her, it was in their stories. So yeah. I would love the nerd in me would love to see the analytics on the shares mm-hmm. uh, because I'm sure it was astronomical. Okay. <laughs> she says, This week I've been reflecting a lot on where I was four years ago. Hillary Clinton had just dealt a tough loss by a far closer margin than the one we've seen this year. I was hurt and disappointed, but the votes had been counted and Donald Trump had won. The American people had spoken, and one of the great responsibilities of the presidency is to listen when they do. So my husband and I instructed our staffs to do what George and Laura Bush had done for us. 
run a respectful, seamless transition of power, one of the hallmarks of American democracy. We invited the folks from the president-elect's team into our offices and prepared detailed memos for them, offering what we'd learned over the past eight years. I have to be honest and say that none of this was easy for me. Donald Trump had spread racist lies about my husband that had put my family in danger. That mm. wasn't something I was ready to forgive. But I knew that for the sake of our country, I had to find the strength and maturity to put my anger aside. So I welcomed Melania, Melania uh, I shouldn't say it, mispronounced it on purpose, uh, <laughs> jump into the White House and talked with her about my experience, answering every question she had from the heightened scrutiny that comes with being first lady to what it's like to raise kids in the White House. I knew in my heart it was the right thing to do because our democracy is so much bigger than anybody's ego. Mm -hmm. Our love of country requires us to respect the results of an election, even when we don't like them or wish it had gone differently. The mm -hmm. presidency doesn't belong to any one individual or any one party. To pretend that it does, to play along with these, these uh, along with these groundless conspiracy theories, whether for personal or political gain, is to put our country's health and scrutiny security in danger. This isn't a game, so I want to urge all Americans, especially our nation's leaders, regardless of party, to honor the electoral process and do your part to encourage a smooth transition of power just as sitting presidents have done throughout our history. <sighs> when you get read for filth <laughs> in, the, in most the most eloquent way. I said, share. I couldn't share it fast <laughs> enough. I, 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 Pick it up, pack it up. Get it out, let's go. You guys have to do. Mm. Mom and Michelle. We love her. We do. And beautiful. Again, you know, people that continue to back this guy. And that's what someone said to me, like when I said, Oh, my red Facebook is so quiet. They said, Oh, well, we know how to take a loss. I'm like, do you? Have you seen your guy? Is he he's, that tweet, he's tweeting me he won the election. Like, <laughs> help me understand. While he's filing lawsuits, like, what's going on over here? So, I, mm, Sarah Bader, I Googled if Trump had a White House dog. And of course, the first article has a headline of Trump, the first president in a century with no dog, it explains why I don't have any time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He like, he doesn't have a dog. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. And then the silent majority finally silent. Yes. We deserve the peace and quiet. Like y'all have been so racist and loud and in my face for the past four years. I remember you had to be quiet after lunchtime and I, I want everybody to be that quiet, quiet time. Lunch has been served. Lunch has okay. been served. Meatloaf. Hot. Hot. 
fresh off the grill. <laughs> Two on that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that's a good, that was a good current event. I'm yeah. really glad all about, all about what we used to have. <laughs> and uh we'll just keep on keep on trucking well and you also uh made a point too ari about the the cabin and how it's shaken up you want to throw, throw out that stuff um yeah yeah i i read earlier that um i believe the statistic was 46 percent of the the named folks um in the administration so far folks of color on, on Biden's administration, let me be clear, um, are folks of color and the majority of them are women. So we love to see it. There's gonna be multiple women of color in the White House. We love to see it. We love to see it. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. The but other now- thing that came out today about, about Pennsylvania specifically, because that's where we are. Yeah. Um, is the restrictions, the COVID restrictions. It looks like we're heading towards that lockdown again. So Our Philly friends are on a six week lockdown. So get your toilet paper, <laughs> but leave some for everybody, okay? Please. Just get <laughs> one, just get one package or two. You can get two, Don't you get crazy. You can get two if it's like the eight pack, you know? You're getting, <laughs> you're getting like the 32 pack, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. Uh, but it's coming. It's coming. Oh yeah. man. I well, I I read that Dr. Levine said we they aren't planning to lean to do that. I think they're going to be greedy and keep the economy. Yeah, I think we're we're pandering right because we know that well even when we put in restrictions people do still do whatever the hell they want so i mean it has to be in all because people are just they're not taking the restrictions yeah. seriously enough they're like oh whatever oh whatever <laughs> i had a, a client in today talking about she's having 20 people for thanksgiving 20, 20 people yeah people just i mean she's like yeah there's like 20 of us i was like oh is there reckless yeah i had another client tell me that her daughter has it and is actively out and about doing her thing who who openly admits this stuff like (laughs) i work in (laughs) i work in Jeanette. them folks tell you everything yeah i had to sell i can't they tell me everything it's like a bartender yeah Wow. Sober. Yeah. I think the cold weather will get people to properly wear their masks, though, instead of their noses hanging out. This is true. That was me. <laughs> that Well, I always have my nose in my mask. But I was like, I'm going to keep this thing on, because I usually rip it off as soon as I know there's no one around. And I was like, no, I need this on my face. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Keep, keep my little cheeky cheeks. One. Yeah, today was cold. It was. I was yeah, like, is this Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> it was for real. Oh, that wind was crazy. The windy city. You know. <laughs> well, shall, <laughs> shall we talk about uh, feminism? 
or two. Feminine, femininity, femininity, femininity. <laughs> I can say the word, y'all. I was just doing the finding me thing. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Of course, you know, I don't really know. Finding Nemo? See, yeah, you'll see Finding Nemo in like 10 years. <laughs> Damn, girl. Well, I've this seen it. I've seen it, but I didn't stick with me. <laughs> I understand. Um, not memorable. <laughs> I understand. I Ellen for everybody. Ellen's in there, right? That was like, I think, the thing that like skyrocketed her. Dory. Yeah. See? But now, 20 years later, she's as problematic as. Wow. Great segue. <laughs> Great segue. Couldn't have wrapped that up any better. Started off so innocent. <laughs> right. Like we started off so innocent. Come on. That's a great. So, what, why, how do you think those things like finally surface? Like, what? Is it because she gives people gifts and dances her way down the aisle every day and we're just like, oh my gosh, this is the best person ever when really... <laughs> I think... It's money. Money and like, obviously, you know, her status yeah, rose, her influence rose, her, you know, she she was, she got married. She's to, you know, she had a beautiful wife. Um, probably just really feeling herself, you know? Um, I heard one person hmm. argue with, with uh, pertaining to Ellen that when you get bigger, you don't know what's happening at the bottom. And so she didn't know that all this stuff was going on. But shouldn't it be her business to know? It, <clears throat> it's her business to empower the people that work for her to be able to tell her that that shit is going on on the ground level. Yeah. Like no CEO is going to walk the halls to talk to the administrative assistants on floor one. Mm -hmm. But if you are the kind of leader that creates a culture where folks can communicate upwards, you know, without fear of retaliation or something like that, then, then yeah, like, right. I think that's a poor excuse. Oh, yeah, I, and I, I gather that's I, what you were getting at. <laughs> if I remember correctly, there were like several reports. It wasn't like a oh, one yeah. time, like, oh, like they, it. it was like, yeah, there were like several numerous, constant, yeah. consistent, you know, um, reports and stories and, and they were not acknowledged even, so. And it seems like there has been no repercussions. Like, if I feel like everybody was mad on Twitter one day, and then the next, it was like, okay, we're back to regular, the scheduled show as you business as usual. Which is why that is that's social media, though. Ah! <laughs> that's what we do with our causes. Like, I like that. I mean, I didn't watch the show to begin with, so she wasn't ever getting my views. I don't... I don't like it. I don't like that she's always scaring people. <laughs> We're not five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we jumping out of boxes? That doesn't bother you at <laughs> all? Okay. I low-key like 
But I like the average Joe and Jane's I'm scaring my sibling, like, little <laughs> instant. You do have a lot of stories like that. Yeah, I love that shit. But yeah, yeah. I, don't know the Oprah th- I mean, not Oprah, Jesus, Oprah ain't popping out of a box. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's a certain way you got to conduct yourself. Like, Oprah ain't jumping out of no box. That was like her appeal, though. She's like fun loving and like dances, you know? <laughs> like, and it never sat right with my spirit too that she had black dude on there dancing. I feel some type of way. Y'all brought You're really, yeah, this is like on another level affecting you. <laughs> <laughs> but I do <laughs> I do gotta read these comments. Yeah. One, the context, like she pitched as a comedian. So that gives her space to do shit that someone like Oprah would not do. Oprah okay. pitched okay. as a journalist, you know, initially yeah. that's where she hit the scene. So it's just like, which is super interesting. Yeah. That one can be so ah. free and fun loving and one has to be so strict and professional and, you know. Yeah. Cause if we think about like, uh, what is even a Wendy Williams? You know, like I'm trying to think of like black women with shows that aren't pitched as serious. You know what I mean? Like, are there any aside from Wendy? Like, see, there's not a lot of talk shows on anymore. To be I was honest, gonna say not on daytime, right? So it's they like. Gotta- What's her face? Uh, Wanda Sykes on like Netflix and stuff. But that's true. But that's different. It's a different. That's what I'm saying. Like it's its own little well, genre. So I feel like that gives her leeway. Um, well, and I think that Ellen and Oprah, like Oprah had, like if that was the prime time spot, the talk show, the like no one's as big forever. as Oprah. Right. And, and Ellen replaced her. So they're kind of in a league of their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about Tyra. Sarah brought up Tyra Banks. Is that show still on? I hope not. Trash. (laughs) I do remember watching a segment. She had Marijuana Mamas on her uh, show one time. And they were like, and they were like, oh yeah, I get high, but you know, I take care of my kids and their kids were all happy eating gummies and shit. Like they were all, we're good mom. Like, you know, I was like, all right, get it. How you live, mom? I remember that segment. That's like the only segment I ever remember from watching uh, the Tyra show. Oh my God. Marijuana <laughs> mamas. Well, but like, that's a thing now. All that to say, I think Tyra was a little ahead of her time. She kind of, <laughs> she has, she was onto something, you know? Cause that's, that's like a thing now. Like on the many they have blogs about it. Like, oh, you can be a marijuana mama. Like, you oh know. Oh my gosh, really? Oh yeah. Wow. Deep. It's <laughs> a hashtag and everything. <laughs> that's when you know it's legit i was gonna say you know it's real if it's a hashtag yeah. um, i did not think we were gonna go here tonight okay. <laughs> what are the messages we've missed all of them Her oh yeah isn't even that all that funny though <laughs> who ellen's I, I would agree with that yeah she's she's okay what makes her funny is she just stares back at the other person without saying anything. Yeah. And anybody can do that. She's so. got good comedic. It's just like in her face, yeah. 
doesn't sound like great jokes. <laughs> she always got away with so much, which is why she would have people jump out of boxes. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. That always bothered me. I don't know if you could tell or not. Dakota Johnson. Reading. I didn't like whenever she pulled Kevin Hart on her show and like walked him through the LGBTQ community. Like he's a friend. Like I know you're not a homophobe. Like I just didn't appreciate that. And I mean, we should have knew then. I, I mean, not everyone doesn't see that as problematic. I, I mean, especially since she is right. A member of the community and, and, Frankly, who am I to, to question what she does with, you know what I mean, within that realm? But I just thought that, I don't know. I think Kevin Hart's a whiny little bitch anyway, so. He is. Kevin is a special sir. Yeah, for sure. Yo, he cheated on his pregnant wife on her birthday. Stop playing with me. He's trash. He's on her trash. birthday? trash her pregnant wife on her birthday like it was her birthday weekend in like vegas or something trash this episode's taking so many turns (laughs) this was like a freestyle I like this a lot. How does everybody else feel? I think this is. Really- I mean, the chat's popping tonight, so apparently people talk shit. So. Those are the those are the two people you want in your in your chat, Barbara and Sarah. But, wow. I mean, I knew I knew about the cheating on the wife. Is this the one that he's still married to? I don't or- know anything about him. You don't need to. He's a white little bitch. <laughs> I am not homophobic. Shut I want to host the whatever he was trying to host. That's what yeah. was going on. Oh, yeah. That's why I didn't like it. Remember? Because he was trying to like yeah. save face and not apologize because he had already done it. And it's like, bitch, so what? And you know what? If you want me to even go a little bit deeper into it, Joey and I were recently watching an old stand-up um, routine from him. And he's saying, like, concerning things about young girls to the point that I was like, let's turn, Joey was like, let's turn this off. And it was like old, 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 like early 90s, probably, like before Soul Plane, like old, you know, they were young Mm because Dave Chappelle was on it too. There was a couple of other like well-known comedians and when they were really, really young in this um, club in New York. And uh, yeah, he was saying like really disturbing things. And I was just like, mm. I already thought he was trash. So whenever I saw that, I was like, yeah, there's just, that's so, mm. Woo. Uh-oh, Barbara just started a little fire. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ellen and even Jada Pinkett Smith have used their platforms to rehab problematic people. Ellen with Kevin Hart and even Caitlyn Jenner for being a Trump supporter and Jada for T.I. after he checked his daughter's high- Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to talk about the entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter was hot. I haven't seen Twitter that popping in years. And when that went down, oh my gosh. I was loving every second of it. I was like, what did I miss? And then I I don't know how I feel about that whole thing, but real quick. Yeah, that, see, 
I didn't watch that episode of the Red Table Talk. I didn't want to hear nothing to you I had to say, but I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, man, I haven't I haven't heard nothing to you I had to say after I, I read that article. Do these... Uh, <laughs> I have so many thoughts in my head right now. But do these women right. only do this for men or do they walk around women do they solve women's reputational problems? Like, why do these women, and we do this as women not with primetime television shows, but, you know, doing all the massaging, all the working out, all of the character finessing, you know. That's just how they are. Yeah. Boys will be boys. Um fixer thing i just um yeah it's very weird it's very weird but it's another example of emotional labor you know being put on women at the cost of you know whatever else very interesting it is super interesting i will say jada's pulled on like she's pulled on um oh what's that girl's name jordan woods um, whenever all that was going on with like the Kylie thing, yeah, all that BS. Um, I, I kind of think she she says it's a place for healing, so I think that's kind of the point of that show. Now that I'm thinking about it, because they brought themselves to the red table talk, that whole entanglement with August and that whole song, let go popping, that was um, that was like their part of their healing, or you know what I mean, or them bringing it to the table. Um, so I think that's kind of the tone for that show. But I do think there's definitely something there. I mean, even in everyday life, we excuse certain things. If you see boys running or maybe riding their bikes and all oh, boys will be all, oh, you know, oh, just it's the boys. Yeah. Or um, he's just like that. You know, that's just how he is. And I I think we tend to do that more so for men. True. I think if, I think it's more, more quick to conclude that either a woman is a bitch or a pushover or, you know, we're, we're, we're quicker to come to that, pass that judgment. Whereas we're, we're, we're excusing it for men. Yeah. There's a um, book. Uh, living a feminist life by Sarah Ahmed. Um, anything that Bell Hooks says you need to read, like I pretty much pick up. But she calls herself like the feminist killjoy um, because of these perceptions about women. Um, and society has made us pick up like happiness as our cause, right? As like our sort of. And so um, if you are if you subscribe to that notion, then you view your role as a woman to smooth things over, to, to do everything within your power to make others happy, even if it's at the expense of your happiness, your safety, whatever. Um, and so it's basically this idea of like a feminist killjoy is, you know, we give men these passes for, you know, he's just, he's just intense. He's just what, no, he's an ass, right? Or, you know, he just had a bad day. No, he's abusive, you know, but women, it's like, 
if you have a feminist conscious, then, you know, you're pointing things out and it's like, oh, she's whiny. She's a complainer. She's this, she's that. And so um, it has this whole argument in it for, you know, don't make happiness the principle you uphold, make it justice, make it equity, you know, and thinking about feminism as then laying down the happiness baton and picking up something else. Um, so that resonates with me a lot, especially because if you think about any sort of, any movement, any movement towards justice, be it feminism, you know, racism, classism, right? Whenever you turn on that consciousness, that's your lens to see the world. Like once you know, you know. And so you then have to consciously turn it off. And the people that are doing the work to understand these things don't want to turn it off. So then, you know, your default is to see these things and to examine these things. And it is exhausting and it is infuriating. Um, and when you, when you see things, then they become real. And so, you know, we just call these people bitter um, or angry, you know, for feminists and whatnot, but it's just, it makes you, it makes you think, right? Like how many of these things we absorb and then consequently for the people that will just shut these things off as falsities, it's because they choose not to see them then. So the inequities and whatnot just aren't aren't real it's less difficult to just stop noticing sexism racism whatever wow so it's a lot easier to just give individual passes than you know thinking about systemic issues yeah that makes me think of that um Kimberly Crenshaw quote from earlier this summer, like we keep not tackling these issues because it's difficult to break it all down. By the time you start peeling two layers, you're tired. You, that's three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's three years of work. But we, what, at what point, certainly now, after having experienced the trauma of a 45 presidency, people are ready to begin to feel back i feel like we're slowly <laughs> moving towards a perspective change oh, far away from hopefully the whole like when you expose a problem you're posed as a problem right so i feel like culturally we're getting to the point where critique is is uh, not the enemy but according to everyone right so of course some are like oh no it's, be a patriot which means blind <laughs> following you know into oblivion but for some it's the whole you know baldwin approach that like no i i consider myself a patriot so that's why i'm examining this i need to make this place better because i give a shit about it right so i feel like you know especially in light of where we got with 45, given everybody's apathy. Um, now more than ever, I think there's a heightened sense of acknowledgement in terms of the importance of calling out problems, be they individual behavior or systemic organizational level issues. 
the time is now yeah the time is now for sure yeah yeah i um <clears throat> i i uh, um i i feel like we are in a place where folks are starting to kind of welcome um knowledge kind of get like explore more things and and, and welcome understanding to a certain degree um but I think we still have like a big hurdle at examining our own our own stuff, if that makes sense. Like, um, and I think it is easier to let like the little everyday things like just, I think sometimes, you know, it's easier to let them go or to like, I can't do that right now or, you know what I mean? Um, but it is so important and it is exhausting. You're right, Dr. Jess, you had mentioned, you said, you know, it's tiring and it, you, you can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I think we, we said before, you know, advocacy is not like one little thing. It's every day and the way that you, like the way that you live your life, um, the boundaries that you set. Um, even for others, just the way that they speak and are and behave around you or, and, you know what I mean? Um, that, that's all, that's all part of it. And it is, it is tiring. Um, but I mean, all I can think about, yeah, like you said, E, you know, you peel off <laughs> a little itty bitty quarter of a layer right and you spent like 15 years just doing that and it's like ah but I think about all the people that have been trying to peel that layer off right and I mean that's what I I think about um that's what I try to think about because it is it's exhausting very it's exhausting but I, I don't know about you two. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Just before I got on here with you two, I saw a TikTok that's on Instagram because Reels is <laughs> terrible. There's fleets now too. Oh, of a white woman saying, rattling off the stat that you have been talking about, Ari, 56% correct, voted for 45 again of white women. And so her reel was talking about, now it's her job to start talking to more, even more white women about being racist. Right. And so I point to that story to say, I'm encouraged because I see more white people wanting to step up to have this difficult dialogue. Just in my DMs last week was someone saying, you know, I need, and she's a white woman, <laughs> like I need to be doing more, you know? And so has, is this, so now my question is, are you too encouraged by what you see? Are people, are you, are people saying those same kind of sentiments to, to both of you or no? <laughs> my white friends 
they're so cute. My white friends, um, a lot of them text me and we're like, you know, I just want, you know, y'all held this shit down. Like <laughs> you're God, like, you know what I mean? You're a God and stuff like that. Um, bless their hearts. Um, see, I'll, I'll say, um, yes and no. And here's why, because it's still the minority of white women that voted in favor of Biden, right? So although that is, uh, you know, there are some out there that's still the, the minority. So I feel like, you know, this is the next step. This is kind of like the path you would follow. This is kind of like what, what you would do next. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm happy that, that folks are starting to see that and do that. Yeah, I guess encouraged in that way. Um, and I've also been seeing a lot of TikToks where it'll be like, I saw one where this woman was like, oh, they, did you hear that they lost? She was telling the story of how she went into a gas station and the cashier was like, did you hear that they threw all these Trump votes away? And she was like, um, no, no, I'm not, I'm not one of you. Like, <laughs> and she's like telling the story, you know, and she said that to the cashier, like, oh no, I'm not one of you. And um, there was a couple other funny little TikToks that I've been seeing. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by, um, I guess, them being more vocal and yeah, stepping up um, in that way. Um, but my experience has been, I'm leery to trust, I'll say that. I'm leery to trust. I'm hopeful. What do you need to see to for them Just gain your trust? Consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency. Not centering themselves. That'll not that'll centering piss themselves. You. That'll piss you right off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But see, it's not about what I need to see. It's just what what they need to do, right? Like, it's not about, I don't, it, it's it, not doesn't matter. Problem. it doesn't matter if I trust you or not. Yeah. Just do what needs to be done. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm hopeful. And this space has honestly made me more hopeful. Mm. Meeting Dr. Jess meeting folks like Barbara and Sarah, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and even um, the one, <laughs> the one woman that was always on your um, IG lives, E, like. Lady B, collect Lady B, Lady B, that's her name. She'll be Lady B. tomorrow. Yeah, so, um, but I still am always haunted. Well, not always haunted, that's a little dramatic, but um, I still in the back of my mind remember that that's still the minority. And that's the other thing. Those other those other type of white folks I don't really interact with. So like I'm like, well, what other type of white folks are there? Because these are the only time. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. So I don't know. How do you feel, Doctor Jess? I was gonna say, what say you, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, the the exit polling information is it never changes. Like white women 
have been voting Republican since the 50s. Um, they preferred Nixon. They, you know, it's just, that's just how they swing. And I think that the issue is we, I mean, they, if they swung towards um, blue, it would have a dramatic effect on, on outcomes, right? Because it is, it's a substantial portion um, of the voting population, but it's none of it is surprising because the Republican party, especially 45's regime was all about maintaining white hetero patriarchy. And so that is very comfortable to white female voters because that's how they've been socialized. Like especially women that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, um, it's what they heard at their dining room table. It's what they heard on the news. It's what they heard in school, right? And so it feels very patriotic, life affirming, socially acceptable um, to vote that way. And they willingly accept second class status based on their gender because they will always be put above folks of color by their party. So it's that safe, like, well, I'll never be top dog, but I can guarantee there's going to be someone underneath me. And that is the true American way. That's how capitalism works. That's how our hierarchical think, structure works. And do you so think folks like, actually conceptualize. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Lagging. Go ahead. They don't realize they're doing that. hundred mm -hmm. percent. They don't realize they're doing that. It's just the same way that like, when we've talked about Kevin Hart or, you know, like Candace Owens, like pick any of these famous folks that seem to go completely against their, their affinity groups, their sort of cultural identity groups, because there's this promise of elevation, escalation, right? And so it's like, that is appealing. Like people want to feel safe and protected right and so if there's there's the rhetoric there even if it's against your underlying like best interest the best interest of your family um generational best interests right like people don't think beyond the here and now and so mm -hmm. i'm not surprised by any of that because there's this thinly veiled promise of keeping women safe you know under this sort of like these patriarchal notions and they bought in just like they've bought in for decades. So like none of that surprises me at all. Um, but that being said, I'm hopeful because, you know, I've had tons of people reaching out to me because I'm open and not quiet about these kinds of topics and what it means, you know, to get involved at whatever you're, comfort level familiarity is, um, you know, just finding access points for folks. So I have had a lot of people reach out to me that admittedly have never done any work on themselves in this realm, much less community-based work. Um, and so that, that is promising. I think the youth voter turnout and the conversations they were having about, you know, social, and public problems 
and that's what mobilized them to vote, you know, has me hopeful as well. But I, I also think there's a contingent that, you know, as I was saying earlier, you don't see what you don't want to see. And so, you know, while I think Michelle Obama's post was beautiful, I think it was mostly folks like us that read it. Um, so you're always going to have that contingent. But if we can think about how to have conversations and spaces for people to examine in ways that allows them to really play with these ideas, uproot their entire ways of being and knowing sometimes um, without being condescending, without targeting, mm -hmm. you know, then perhaps we can swing even more. Um, obviously keeping boundaries and non-negotiable terms for hate and violence, but I don't know how we're supposed to encourage folks to question their preconceived notions if we yell at them every time they <laughs> start to examine them. So um, I view my job as a white lady who's arguing for inclusivity to, you know, start to provide those spaces. Well said. I, not to. Uh, Y'all know I'm on the teeter totter. I try. I try. I do. Um, I struggle with that so much. I feel like I talk about this every week. <laughs> it's it's therapy. We're we're working on it. Yeah, I just can't get down with <clears throat> inclusion if inclusion means perpetuating processes that are unjust or violent or inequitable, right? So that includes bigotry, right? Violence, hate. Um, but also, you know, boxing, boxing folks in that think differently than me, right? So I guess I've just been in a space where I'm like, why am I so afraid <laughs> to have conversations with folks that think differently, right? Like, why am I so hesitant to create that space um, if I firmly believe what I believe, right? So if you're set in you know, what you, what you think is in terms of, you know, fair and just, then why not be open to a conversation? I just, but I also think that I have more space to do that because there's less at stake for me to have those conversations than if one of the two of you did. For sure. For sure. I also think, um, It's yeah, better better received um, from you sometimes. And I'm just uh, just personally, I'm just not that patient. I'm trying to be. I mean, that's we want to create a space for folks to learn, right, and for for them to grow. And it's difficult for me um, to I guess provide that space without feeling like I'm pandering in a way. It's really um, it's really quite um, like conflicting 
mm-hmm. um, which is why I appreciate you here because um, there's just that added like bumper, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it is, it's, um, it's conflicting, it's difficult. And I think this is something that, um, and obviously I can't speak for every woman um, or even every black woman, but I think this is something that women, especially women of color experience in the workplace. Um, I know Dr. Jess, you've talked about it sometimes and just um, feeling like you wanna speak up or you wanna say, or you wanna, you don't wanna play the part, but you have to play the part. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna wear a suit or whatever, you know, that, you know, um, you've, you've talked about it before, but you have to. And, and for me, you know, it's like, you don't want to, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, call, I do want to call everything out. I do call everything out and I don't want to get on people's nerves, but I'm the only one there. And that makes my, I feel like my burden even more like I have to, ain't nobody else here to tell y'all, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's, it's conflicting. I I just feel um, like I want to be patient and we want to provide this space, like I said. However, I don't want to compromise my feelings either um, in terms of just Having, I don't know, having to explain or, you know, I, 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 I go back and forth with this a lot. I'm sorry to take up so much time with it because I feel like I do talk about it every week. It's just something that I really struggle with. Well, I think that's part of the reality of justice work. You know, it's that constant balance between deciding, you know, how much you give of yourself and when you need to like take that pause, it's thinking about how you best serve the community you're attempting to serve, right? So it's like we talk about some people are going to go the philanthropic route. Some people are going to go for education. Some people are going to go for advocacy and they're going to write and they're going to try to do like policy work, right? So there's there's different approaches, but you need them all. Like you need folks that are going to do the initial handholding to get people willing right. to have conversations. And you need people that are going to dive into theory. And then you need people that are going to dive into practice, right? And so I yeah. think that, showing folks that even when you're comfortable with concepts and passionate about making change there's still it's identity work like it's going to be gritty and and on one week you might be up to the task of doing you know one thing when maybe the next week you're like emotionally taxed and you're like "Uh uh-uh like I couldn't have had that conversation that meeting that whatever last week, last month, and maybe I yeah. can't, you know, so I just think that that's the reality of the work. And nobody talks about that as often as they talk about like, you should be raging, you should be do this, do that. And it's like, yeah, but there's also a lot of internal work that needs to happen. And it doesn't just stop. You don't just get to a point like, where you're like, all yeah. right, I'm not a racist. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a misogynist. Like, yeah. no, like that doesn't happen. You go back and you're like, wait, damn, why did I think that? You know, and yeah. you keep checking yourself and you 
realize how deeply rooted it is to the point you're wondering like, okay, am I crazy or is this <laughs> really fucked up? Like, <laughs> I don't know anymore. It's, I, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. Um, yeah. But I guess that's why we have these conversations, right? Exactly. I guess that's why they're so important, why we have this space and yeah. why we have folks that can approach different topics differently within this space. Because Lord yeah. knows, sometimes it'd be a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all ask the wrong question, I'd be like, first of all. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, it's people-centered work. And, you know, that's why the movements look, that's why there are stages to movements, right? So feminism, wave one, what, 1840s to 1920s, right? We're talking voting. We're talking, you know, aligning with abolitionist movements. And then we're like, oh, shit, right? The 1960s and 80s were like, hey, systemic sexism like women mm. you know are not just meant to be in a household okay we know a little more now we're doing a little better right and thinking about gender roles and and you know womanism comes out from alice walker because she's like hello there are people of color you know that are part of this movement and then you switch to wave three which is the 90s and it's like okay well now we're in the workplace but guess what there's sexual harassment all over the goddamn place. And so now we need to fix that, right? And Kimberly Crenshaw comes in and she's like, well, yeah, I'm black, but we also need to talk about my class and my sexuality, right? And then we have wave four, whatever the hell we're calling it, like 2012 till question mark, where now we're like, oh, hey, me too, the technological movement. Like we have access now that we didn't have before. And by the way, this whole gender and sex thing, kind of really messy right so you think about like even the way movements work because movements are made by people right we're all constantly examining these things and growing and so like the original fight is not going to be this what you're fighting for later you know what you know then um and you grow and you achieve and you you meet certain goals or stages be they in a movement or individual development and then you pivot I mean, that's the nature of cultural change and individual growth. So it's like, I don't, that's not bad. It's not wrong. It's gritty as hell. And you might look back at former stages and be like, what, what in the sweet hell was I thinking? Right? Like some of the ways I advocated before I'm like, oh, 2020 just would slap the shit out of like 2015. But, (laughs) you know, nevertheless, it's like, well, you learn better and you do better. So. So how, how does that um, correlate to like, on our pre-talk, I was talking a little bit about Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And so, or even we can talk about Susan B. Anthony, you know, now folks are saying, and, and even if you want to take it a step further with the Confederate statues and flags and things like that, folks are saying, you know, this, these shouldn't be around. Um, but if we're focusing on feminism, you know, these were folks that started a significant part of that movement, I personally, you know, don't honor them because they didn't honor me, right? Or, you know, people that look like me. However, the second wave or third wave or the wave that we're at now might not be where we're at now had they not started, you know, or pushed the rock to roll down the hill or, so do we, I mean, as we're growing, do we write off the people that, 
were in earlier parts of the movement because they didn't stand for the whole movement? I would argue no. I would argue we don't need shrines to them. <laughs> but um, but they're key players nonetheless, even if all they did was teach us that's not how you do this. You know, so it's like, do we have to, you know, put them up for sainthood? Hell no, but- We can tell so, the whole story. Yeah, you got to tell the whole story. So Susan B. Anthony, Lucretia Mott, Elizabeth Caddy Stanton, but then Sojourner Truth, right? And thinking about right. how the abolitionist movement was simultaneously happening, you know, like mm -hmm. Frederick Douglass was at the Seneca <laughs> Falls Convention, you know, it's like all of this stuff, it all ties together. That's just, so I don't think you can remove it, but you don't have to celebrate all that they did, but you know, history happens <laughs> it happens whether or not you acknowledge it so right, you know, right. they were part of it and would I we have gotten to you know kimberly crenshaw and judith butler and alice walker had we not acknowledged previous history and mistakes made and maybe some victories won i i don't know yeah I can I, I think that I think um the thing that I took away from what you were just saying the thing that stuck with me the most just now was we don't have to like we need to tell the whole story I think a lot of times we want to either make someone it's either black or white like we need to no pun intended um make someone a hero or make someone you know the enemy or we need to make someone good or we need to make someone bad Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mom, my mom always says, um, if we judge everyone by their lowest moments, we'd have no great people. And um, I mean, that's real. And so I think it's important. Yeah, that's, um, I know you said a lot. Like, I know you said judge them by their best action, then you right. had all this muddied shit that you're like, well, actually, you know, right. they also, right. people are complex. So I think we do have to recognize both. Yeah. And, and tell the whole story. I think um, we're just so used to hearing one side of the story. That's what I was getting at or one version of what happened or these people were good because this happened and then they don't want to talk about the bad stuff because they did something really good and they don't want to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's like the theme throughout all of our history books, right? Like, oh, you know, George, all of them. Um, so I think that's, it's really, it's really important to understand the entire story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good takeaway. I know that's really like, pl not plain, like it can be said simply, but it's something that we don't typically do. No, everything's a zero sum game, good or bad, right, right or wrong, yeah, yeah. Man, I can listen to y'all talk all day about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just, just soaking just soaking it all in it's really good <laughs> Barbara said have you seen 13 <laughs> <laughs> way to be Barbara. that's that's still a thing like that still is the prerequisite right like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat shit I've never been one to do that but um 
I'm trying to lean into my purpose and and acquire more patience. Um, you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't honoring your purpose. So. Hmm. <laughs> there aren't check for activism. It's conflicting. Well, 13th would be on it. Nice. Well said, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. All right. For sure. All right. Good convo. Thanks for that. So good. Thanks for that. <laughs> that little history <laughs> lesson at the end. I feel like I should. Like, Ari looks like she needs a cigarette or a drink right now. I was going to say, I feel like I just um, had like a session with Deb. That's my therapist. In case y'all didn't know. I feel like I just like, mm, damn. Mm. It's conflicting. That's what we say. But I'm glad that I, I had the space and opportunity to do that with you all. And um, I think it's important because I think maybe not everyone experiences things that way. So, you know, yeah. we all have to understand each other. And yeah whatever we are the ones <laughs> but we're gonna keep going though no. we are blm we're gonna keep going you look like you're really in the studio too <laughs> with the mic <laughs> what a windy windy road we took <laughs> Everybody in the studio <laughs> singing that song on, on the on the music video. <laughs> we are the women. We are the children. All right. There was like um, it was like a brief little snippet. Any, any data like Justice, Doctor Justice, throw down, but I can give you. We are the world. <laughs> There's like a little snippet of when they're recording that and like whoever sings after Michael Jackson and he like gives them the stank look like, why did you just cut me? I'm like, yeah, oh like, my gosh. Why did you just cut me off? Why did <laughs> he looked at them like, oh, I can't remember who it was, but it was funny. Funny, funny. He was shady. I might have to do the work at Wednesday uh, song tomorrow. Oh yeah, you should. Yeah, you have to get a, slow, like, what the heck? Have to get a, a nice little two-step going. <laughs> there it is. Boom. There it is. <laughs> All, right. All right. Are we going live tomorrow or no? I think you need a break. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've hit, I, I've really hit a wall. I, I, I'll admit it. Yeah. You two could go live. I say, I'll be I, in the comments. Say, I say, if, if you want to do something tomorrow, that's fine. I don't, I don't think, but if you want to, um, that's totally fine with me. Um, but I think we can just, if we have something to say, even pop on. Yeah. Just. Just follow the page at soundsaboutwhite.group on IG. And when you see we're live, just tap, 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 tap in. I like that. I want the link to your shirt, Ari. I need one of those. Yeah, I like that. 
Uh, I will try. Okay. It's a cup. It's a little bit. Little vintage. <laughs> circa, circa yeah, I 2018, bet. 2017. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I love it. I love it. I I've been trying to, you know, I'm trying to support the pages that are doing advocacy with clothing, you know? And, yeah. And well, Fun fact real quick, because I know we have to wrap up, but I actually did a blog post about why I'm boycotting the NFL. This was like two years ago. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, do you remember? Yes. I love your writing. I love your writing. Your writing is Um, Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you so very much. That means a lot to me. Um, But I wore this for the pictures from that shoot because, you know, it was like the NFL theme. Yeah. I was still got to, so... Maybe we'll bring that up around the Super Bowl. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, we can totally do that. I just, um, I still haven't watched. I know our team, I know the Steelers are undefeated. I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched anything since 2016. Wow. And I am like, they're undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. And some folks have said this, we're done with the boycott because he had his, he did the deal and blah, blah, but. I still don't feel that's what for sure. I'm with yeah. you. I I watched on Sunday because I was out of town and that was like the common thing to do. But right. I, I don't have cable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't gotten to say that in a while. Uh, so I didn't. So. I don't watch either. I'm kind of with you. Like I'm, I'm no longer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Barbara, don't you be cursing at me. Huh? Uh, that, that's why. Um, or I, uh, you know, I, even if I did have it, I don't think that I would like, I'm not just, I'm just not interested in football. anymore. I'm like, I, people are dying being gunned down in the streets, you know, uh, it's just not important to me anymore. It's I'm yeah. happy for them that they're undefeated, but it's just like I've got papers to write and yeah. <laughs> bigger fish to fry. I just don't yeah. care anymore. It used to be like, all right, pastor, wrap up this sermon because oh yeah, get, oh, you know, black church, we be we we just getting started at a quarter to one. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we've been here since 10 30 i'm hungry i need to i need these chicken wings and you know but now it's like i don't we can be here all day yeah. yeah so that really switched for me that did because i was a big fan but it's all good it's all good in the name of justice that daily advocacy work oh and uh yeah I appreciate that. Another great conversation. Yeah. For sure. So um, we'll just do our homework and uh, we're taking, so folks on the line, we're taking a little, taking a little pause, a little break. And hopefully, well, we are going to be, not hopefully, we will be back. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll do a couple lives here and there throughout December, but we're going to take a break till the new year and just uh, cruise on out put in a lot of work july y'all yeah yeah 
and we'll have some good stuff when we Sheesh. when we you know we'll have some stuff so be on the lookout for that yeah and um, yeah it's good stuff. good stuff we here we here we here so in the meantime watch 13th <laughs> period All right. and that's that <laughs>